Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. My name is Pastor Amy. I um, have two children that made me a mom. I think we have a picture of them. Um, but there they are. That's us. And they so cute, right? And then our oldest, Nathaniel, there, he, uh, he'll be nine on Wednesday. I can't even believe it. I know. I just, I just like, the older moms always say it goes so fast, and they are really right. So I just try to enjoy every moment with them. And so even before I had Nathaniel and before I became pregnant with Nathaniel, me personally, I had this desire to be a mom, to just care for a child, to teach and to um, help a child learn and grow and um, just learn what life is all about and most of all to teach them Jesus that was really my heart to be as a mom and my desire and um you know this morning we are going to look at a mom in the bible that also had desire she had a desire to be a mom she really wanted to have a child and she desired to raise that child up and to teach that child and watch that child grow and so we're going to look at a mom in the bible that was actually promised to have a child. And she was promised not to just have a child, but to have children as far as you can see, as many as the stars. And she was promised and her husband was promised to have so many children that they would create their own nation, God's people. And so um, her husband has this moment with the Lord in Genesis chapter 15. It says, he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. And if indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited him as righteousness. And so we're going to look at the story of, you might know them as Abraham and Sarah, but before God changes their names, it's Abram and Sarai. And Abram receives this pretty cool promise from God. God says, as many as the stars, that's what your offspring is going to be like. That's as many children you're going to influence. And so there's this great promise to them to be parents of a great nation. And with it, Sarai has a problem. And so we read in Genesis chapter 11, verse 30, now Sarai was barren and she had no children. So there is this great promise from God, but there's this really big problem. It doesn't really match up. It doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And so what is Sarai's problem? She's barren. She cannot have children. Barren actually means fruitless, unproductive, unable to have children. So how can she be a mother of many when she can't have a child? And I looked this up in the cultural 
um, background study Bible notes. And this is what it said. Sarai's barrenness would have potentially resulted in a fragile marriage, societal shame, and an uncertainty for afterlife. So this affected everything in her life in that day and age. And it says that in Abraham and Sarai's case, it also presented as an obstacle for the covenant promise. So there's a promise, but there's a problem. And what is Sarai to do with this? And so we're going to go on this process together, and I'm really excited for us to unpack this together and see what happens with Sarai and with this promise. And so, you know, for me, being a mom can sometimes be really awesome and great. Like this morning, my children, they're like, it's Mother's Day. We're going to do everything that you asked us to do at the exact time. I said, okay, guys, do put your shoes on and then eat your oatmeal. And they did it. And I was like, oh, wow, like it's Mother's Day. But like, guys, it's not always like that. Most of the time, it's very difficult. And I would even put it as it's wonderfully difficult. Like it's wonderful and difficult in the same way breath. And so like, I don't know for the moms and dads or just parents out there, you you might be able to relate to this. You just, you just wish that they noticed the smeared toothpaste in the sink, right? Like, like everyone used the bathroom, but no one seemed to notice the smeared toothpaste on the sink. I don't understand that. Or maybe, you know, the trash that's just next to the garbage pail. Like, you didn't see that? How did you not see that? It goes in the garbage pail. And my famous line, they hand me garbage. I'm, I'm not a garbage pail. Go put it in the garbage pail, right? I don't know. And so I think we could relate, whether you're a mom this morning, a parent, a caretaker, or, or even a leader of any kind, it comes with challenges, Right? And you might be able to sum these challenges up by maybe saying this. I don't know if you said this. I've definitely said this before. But um, sometimes we might say, you know, if, if I want it done right, I better just do it myself. Right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm not alone. Me and Diana. Right? Or you might say, like, I just do it because I just get tired of them waiting waiting for them to do it, right? Like enough is enough. Now I'm cleaning your room all day because you have not cleaned it, you know, or you might find yourself saying something like this. How many times have I asked them to do blank? And so I just, I just do it because no one else is. And so whether you said these things or you haven't, I think we could all land on the fact that we can become impatient when we're waiting for an outcome when we're waiting for a result to come. We want it when we want it, and we become impatient with it. And so whether it's a vacation coming up and we're feeling impatient or your children picking up after themselves, right? We are so tempted to control the situation because we are feeling impatient. And I know I've seen it in my life so many times. And so maybe you have. And so this morning's message is called Control Freak. I'm not calling you a control freak, okay? None of us in here are control freaks. But we're going to look at Sarai, who was a control freak, because it's so much more fun to look at other people's problems. So (laughs) Sarai, who is later renamed Sarah by God, she had this desire to be a mom. 
And she had the promise from God that she was going to be a mom, that it was going to be fulfilled. But Sarai, she becomes extremely impatient and waiting for God. So what does she do? She just takes matters into her own hands. And she tries society's way of getting the outcome she desires. So let's look what happens. It's Genesis chapter 16, verses one and two. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord, so she's blaming him, has prevented me from having children. So go and sleep with my servant, perhaps, I can have children through her. And Abram agreed to Sarai's proposal. So just thinking about this, what is this moment like? Like in this day and age, having a child, that was their value and worth as a woman. And so we just need to understand that she was literally feeling worthless and so less than to come to this point of saying, The promise is not being fulfilled. Abram, I know what you heard from God, but it is not happening. And so now I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And now I'm going to control the situation. And what she does is she looks around and she sees what society's norm is. And then that's what she does because she's impatient, waiting on God to fulfill his promise. In her perspective, God wasn't showing up and control freak status kicked in and she decided I'm going to do what I need to do to be a mom to have the promise fulfilled and I bet without even reading the rest of this text we can figure out if it gets a little messy right I mean that seems like a little complicated situation I don't know you guys don't think so (laughs) I think that's a complicated situation right I don't know right and so this morning we're gonna understand that control freaks make a mess of things when we try to control every little detail we make a mess so Abram he agrees to Sarai's proposal and they conceive a baby boy and now it's It's a little bit messy. It's a little bit messy. And so this morning, I believe the challenge for us today is to resist temptation to take control of outcomes you and I were never meant to control. We need to resist this temptation of looking at cultural norms and then stepping into that. Because when we do that, we step out of God's promise. And I don't know about you, but I want to be walking in God's promise. And so we see that Sarai, she just falls right into the temptation of what culture says to do. And she tries to control a situation she wasn't meant to control. And how do we do that today? Maybe we attempt to fix everything that goes wrong. We're just going around being like, trying to fix every, every, every little thing. I know I find myself there. I don't want my kids to have a bad day. So I'm just gonna like make it like this and that. And I'm trying to control an outcome that I wasn't meant to control. 
Or maybe we find ourselves rushing processes before it's its time, before it's ready. You might find yourself there and then at the end wonder why it all went so wrong. We rush the process. Maybe we find ourselves forcing our opinions on others or determining our way is the best and the only right way. Yeah, I've done that before. Maybe we cut corners. In all of this, we attempt to control the outcome and we make a big mess of our lives. And so the Gospel Transformation Study Bible, it said this about Sarai. Sarai's desire for children to fulfill God's promise, it bypassed her calling to trust the Lord and his own timing. So she was just looking at the desire and not trusting the timing of God. And so Sarai, these are the facts, she was barren. She was fruitless, not producing fruit in her life. She was getting old and more deeply than just not being able to bear children, I believe that she had barren faith. She had a faith in God, but it wasn't producing anything. She was attempting to control an outcome in her life, and she has this relational mess now. What's barren faith? It's a faith that isn't producing fruit in our lives. We have nothing to show for it. And because Sarai was considered useless and worthless in this time and age, she wasn't bearing Abram children, she grasped at anything to fulfill her. And so we read that Hagar ends up conceiving a son with Abram, Sarai's husband, and Hagar, she ends up despising Sarai for it. And Sarai mistreats Hagar and you could go and read that story it's it's a relational mess but Abram is kind of stuck in the middle here and what is he to do he has this son but this son is not the promised one he is not the promised son. And I think today, we too, we can make decisions that make a mess, right? We attempt to take control of everything and create this specific outcome in our lives, but it's not God's best and it's not his plan. And so the best part about the story here is that Sarai's mess, it didn't stop God's plan. Even though she stepped out of his timing, it doesn't disqualify her from being used by God. And that should bring us hope and encouragement this morning. Even though you and I have made messes in our lives, it does not disqualify you from being used by God. And so there's another moment where God meets with Abraham. And this time, God includes Sarai in the promise. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. And God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. 
I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations and kings of people will come from her. What a powerful promise. What a direct and clear promise by her. But how, how is Sarai, Sarah, now Sarah, supposed to bear me a child? How in the world is this promise going to be fulfilled? It seems crazy. Sarai cannot have a child. She is getting older and older. I don't know about you this morning, but you might have a situation in your life that it seems crazy. You have no idea how it's going to work out. But I'm telling you this morning, there's hope, hope in God's word and hope that God never, never gives up on his promise. He says, I will still make good on my promise. Trust my timing. And so maybe this morning you came in with some doubt in God's faithfulness. And I am so happy that you are here. You are with people that feel the same way every now and then. Maybe it's in your family or maybe it's in your career path. Maybe it's inside of you. Maybe it's in your mind. But his promise is that he will always provide and he will always provide in his timing. We read in Genesis 17, 21, just a few verses down, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. So God is now bringing, it's going to be Sarah, and now this is when it's going to happen. He continues to reveal more and more of his promise to Sarah and Abraham. And I think that's so beautiful. He is laying out every detail, but yet it still doesn't make any sense. Sarah is going to be 90 years old at this point. I don't know if I would ever have a child at 90 years old. My grandma's 94. That seems really crazy, right? I don't know. Like all the moms are like, I don't know. (laughs) But she's really, she's 90 years old. She's lost all hope in this promise of having a child. It's been decades since that first promise. She's been waiting all this time. And so she attempted to control the outcome and she created a mess. She stopped trusting the promise maker and she chased the promise. And I think we too, we can find ourselves in that same type of situation. She blames God. She didn't understand. Her faith and her trust in God, it was really unestablished and it was empty. She was fruitless and barren and disbelief was leading her and controlling her decisions. But yet, we're gonna see God calls for her. He invites her. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 9 and 10, God said to Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? Now, it depends on your view of God in this moment, because some people might read this and say, where is your wife, Sarah? But I don't believe that's how God's character is. He's saying, Abraham, Abraham, where is your wife, Sarah? There, in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Well, there's the promise again. 
And then in verse 10, now Sarah, she was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah, they were very old. And like we learned, Sarah was past the age of childbearing just by a little bit, right? 90 years old, certainly past the age of childbearing. It seemed as though she was past the promise of God. And so Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, meaning her husband, now I will have this pleasure. This is a joke, she's thinking. She's laughing in her head. This is a joke. You and I know what that feels like, right? We're thinking this can't possibly happen. And so Sarah, she saw her life through a natural lens. She's old, she's worn out. Her and her husband didn't have like that type of relationship anymore, if you know what I mean. And um, so her faith, <laughs> her faith really was non-existent. She had barren faith. And in Genesis 18, verse 13, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old? God says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And kind of that, that question, is there anything too hard for the Lord. That word actually means, is there anything too wonderful or marvelous for the Lord? What have you lost hope in lately? Maybe you're struggling to even just wonder at how wonderful it could be. Maybe it's in your marriage, you lost hope that things would ever change. Or maybe it's for your children, You've given up because of their life choices. You've given up on them, They're, them knowing who God is. Maybe it's in your finances or your career. You just don't know how will this get better. I can't even dream of what it would look like. All wonder and marvel is just gone. And so Sarah, in verse 15, she was afraid. And so she lied and she said, I did not laugh. And he said, yes, you did. Now remember, this was a thought laugh. The scripture tells us she thought about it in her mind. And so because she was afraid of what she was thinking and feeling, she lied about it because fear tends to control us to do things in our life that we didn't want to really do, but we did anyway because we thought it was the best plan and we were afraid, so we lie and we pretend, and that's what Sarah did here. So can some of you relate to Sarah here this morning? She lies because she wants to control how she's perceived. She doesn't want to tell the truth. And so fear is making her, uh, her do things and not trust God and not trust his timing and not trust his plan. And even her thought laugh, 
I think it has a little bit of a, a bitterness to it because she had a promise from God and then there was a problem. God prevented her from having children. That's what she said. And so maybe she's feeling a little bit bitter in that laugh. She's feeling alone, faithless, filled with doubt. But yet God calls her by name and he establishes the promise with her. You will have a child next year, this time, Sarah. It will happen. He's saying, Sarah, do you believe in me and my marvelous and wonderful plan for your life? Do you believe and are you ready to have a fruitful faith that produces and that trusts my timing? And I believe God is speaking that out to us this morning. Are you ready to have fruitful faith that produces, not a fruitless faith that's filled with fear and control? And so the Lord is challenging Sarah. It's a challenge that is so immersed in love to go from barren to fruitful. And so he knew everything. He knew the mess. He knew the relational disaster with Hagar. And I encourage you, go and read that because God also shows up for Hagar, the servant who's hurt in the story, who's the one that gets mistreated in the story. And so he challenges Sarah to trust his timing and trust his plan. And so you guys all know how babies are made, right? And how moms become moms. Like, okay. I'm not, I mean, like you guys all know this, right? Okay, so for Sarah, she gave up on that promise. Like all of that was just like, no, like that's not happening. But yet God challenges her to be faithful and to trust in that again because she had to take that step of faith because it really didn't make any sense. There was really no reason to have sex with her husband at all in this day and age. So she takes a step of faith and as we'll find out, they do conceive at 90 years old and they do have a promised son together. And so I believe in that, that Sarah and Abraham, their faith must have grew a lot because they saw the faithfulness of God. And we like Sarah, we can forget to trust the promise maker and instead we chase the promise gift. But God is saying, I want to change you in the process. God, he will never give you a gift without changing you in the process so you're ready to receive the gift. I, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but I always, always, always wanted to be a teacher. It was just in my bones. When I was a child, this was so embarrassing. But like I would force my younger sister to be in my classroom always. And I would teach her things that I made up. That's like horrible, right? And she still remembers that. She's like, you made up things and I thought it was real. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to be a teacher so bad. Like it was just so much part of me. I long to do it. I dream to do it. I believe. God created me to be a teacher. But you know, seven years I waited after graduating with my master's degree until I got my first classroom. 
seven years I waited. And I look back and God was with me in year one to year seven. And he changed me so completely in that that process. And Sarah, she goes from faithless to faithful. And the writer of Hebrews, he doesn't shy away from really telling us really about Sarah. Hebrews 11, 11. And by faith, even Sarah, like you guys know Sarah, she really like tried to control everything. She was like the biggest control freak. Even Sarah, who was past the child's bearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. So we see it, even Sarah, who did not start out with faith. And if you're here this morning and you are feeling like your faith is really low in God, guess what? You don't have to do anything to muster up more faith. It's time to just walk in trust in his promise, the promise maker. And so... She tried to control things. She was bitter. She lied. She was fearful, right? She made a big mess. But God was so gracious. He still used her. He still fulfilled the promise. He was the one who stirred her faith. This morning, have you considered the faithfulness of God in your life lately? Have you looked around and praised him and thanked him for what you have around you, what he's provided you with? Do you know as a church, we believe that God has called us to reach the east end of this island for the gospel? Like that is amazing. And we are believing and trusting and having faith that a life-giving church building will be built a mile down the road on our church property, right? That That is trusting God and trusting his timing and not going ahead of his timing. And so here's the conclusion in Genesis chapter 21. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he said, as he had said, he was gracious. And the Lord did for Sarah what he promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. And so we learn that God is so gracious. He did exactly what he said he would do at the exact right time. And then we read in verse six that Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yes, I have borne him a son in this old age. And did you catch that? She laughs. She laughs again, but this time her laugh is filled with hope and not a hopelessness. Her laugh is filled with joy and not pain. And her laughter is sweet and not bitter. It's praise unto the Lord. 
And so her laughter is filled with wonder and marvel at who God is and his grace on her life because it was only his grace that provided the promised one. And instead of trying to control every situation and every outcome, she was praising God because he was so gracious to her. And do you know that their son named Isaac, can you guess what his name means? Laughter. His name means laughter. And I believe that's just a representation of how God transformed Sarah's laughter. A laughter that was bitter and painful and unfaithful and just being barren, she was now filled with the laughter of joy. And so she was reminded every time she looked at her son that, Lord, you fulfilled this promise in your timing. And so through Isaac, Sarah and Abraham's son, generations later, another promised son was born, but this time not biologically, supernaturally. God sent his one and only son into this world to bear human flesh, Jesus, the promised redeemer. Romans 5, 6 says, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God had just the right time for Jesus to come, for the promise to be fulfilled from the garden to Abraham. And did you know there was 400 years of silence from God? God's people didn't hear from him for that long. But Jesus did come, the Messiah did come in the right time because God keeps his promise. He kept the promise to Abe and Sarah and he kept the promise to his people and he keeps promises to you and I. I don't know, you guys aren't acting like you believe that. I believe that this morning and I hope your faith is being stirred. Praise Jesus, he keeps his promise. And so he promises to transform our fruitless empty faith into fruitful faith. And 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so that is a calling from him. He's inviting you into a wonderfully amazing, marvelous relationship with him. And this morning, if you're struggling with your faith in God, know you're not alone. You're invited to wonder and to marvel at who God is step by step. And I'd love to take a moment to pray for you this morning. If you're hearing these words and you're you're feeling just something like, wow, I want to know who that God is. I want to wonder at who he is. What is the promise that he has for my life? What is the purpose for me? Yeah. 
I would love for us to just close our eyes, bow our heads. And if this morning you're, you're saying, I want to know Jesus. I want to trust his timing. I want to put all of my faith in him. Not just the every now and then faith, not just when it works out for me faith, but a faith where I know that he will keep his promise. And so if this morning you want to put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to call you to just raise up your hands. I'm just going to pray for you. We're going to pray together as a church. It's just a sign of surrender saying, God, I want my faith to be in you this morning. I don't want to keep trying to control every situation in my life. I want to trust you with your timing. So if that's you, just raise your hands up, even if it's just a little bit. Raise your hands up to the Lord because his promises are always true. And so church family, we are going to just pray a prayer of surrender. There's no power in these words, but in your heart as you surrender to Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning for your son, Jesus. Today, we trust you and we put all our faith in you. You have made us new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just clap and celebrate? That's a big step when you're saying, I want my faith to be in Jesus. And I want you to know you're not alone in that. There's a church family here that want to encourage you, pray with you, and help you take next steps. And so if you have professed your faith in Jesus this morning, we have a Bible and a book for you. And you could head back at the end of service and get one of those. We would love to help you get started on this journey of discovering who God is. And so even for us who maybe have professed our faith in Jesus, but we are wondering like, when is his promise going to be fulfilled? You know, I find so such encouragement by that scripture that says, and by faith, even Sarah, maybe we put our names there and by faith, even Amy considered God faithful. God sees what you're waiting on. He has not forgotten you. And I, I just pray that our faith is stirred this morning together, that we would just respond in song in the next moment, declaring that he is faithful. Would you stand with me and do that? Let's declare that he is faithful. He's faithful over your marriage. He's faithful over your situation. He's faithful over your children. He's faithful over your finances. He's faithful. He will keep his promise.